0: Once you've landed a client, there are some things that you need to do on an ongoing basis to help keep their expectations in line and save yourself and your client a bunch of headaches. So that's what we're talking about today. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. So managing client expectations is not really a subject that sounds very exciting. (laughs) It's not something that's like super flashy and interesting and the kind of things that people want to talk about. However, if you have been in any kind of client relationship for really any amount of time, you probably understand the importance of managing expectations. Um, and a lot of us come to learn the importance of managing expectations because we fail to do so, and then we end up in a big, fat, hairy mess that's making everybody miserable. So as the service provider, there are a lot of things you can do to set your fel- set yourself up <laughs> for success and um, set your clients up for success too. Managing expectations, basically, I mean, it is what it sounds like, but what it means is making sure everyone's on the same page and that they are expecting the same things that you, are, they're expecting to receive the same things from you that you are expecting to offer or to deliver. So today I have seven different areas of managing client expectations that I wanted to talk to you all about. Um, and I want to go into this conversation first by saying that the sooner you start doing this, the sooner you start managing expectations, um, and making clear what your boundaries are and what you will and won't do, the better off you're going to be and the easier this, um, you know, this client relationship is going to go for you. Okay, so the first thing that I want to encourage you to do, and this is something that can be really hard for freelancers, especially, um, and especially those who are coming, um, maybe from a professional context where the this type of boundary did not exist is to place boundaries around your time. A lot of us come into this gig with this expectation that we're working from home, we are managing our own schedules and therefore, you know, because my because I am checking my email from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., I should be responding to my email from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Or if I have the Voxer app or the Messenger app on my phone, technically I'm reachable around the clock and therefore I should be responsive around the clock. Um, I don't know how many new freelancers, not just writers, but all kinds of service providers who I've talked with or whose posts I've seen in Facebook groups or who've been asking me questions um, about. What are they supposed to do? They have this nightmare client who is contacting them during dinner time and when they're getting ready to go to bed or first thing in the morning or at like 3 a.m. or whatever. And how in the world are they supposed to respond to this? And they really are resenting, feeling like they need to get back to these people around the clock, basically. And my answer to that is you're not supposed to. Um, unless that's part of your agreement. There will be some clients who think that you should be responsive all the time. You know, they think I'm paying you, you should respond to me, right? There are a lot of people who kind of who think that in the beginning, or maybe they just go around their lives thinking that, but it's really not true. Just because you can receive a message around the clock 24 seven does not mean that you need to respond to it 24 seven. So one of the very first things that I recommend that you do is to start is to set boundaries around your time and let your clients know how they can reach you and when they can expect you know like what your turnaround time is. So for me that looks like um, I may tell my clients that I'm available on these channels you so I might say so you can email me you can send me a Voxer message um, or you can message me through our Trello board you know or whatever project management software that we're using those are the ways that you can reach me um, feel free to send me a message anytime I respond I check those I actively check those inboxes from 10 a.m to 4 p.m um, and I try to give same-day responses As much as I'm able to. Um, And then for some clients, you know, if they seem cool, (laughs) I might say, I may be able to respond outside of those hours, but I can't, but I don't guarantee it. So that's a pretty clear boundary that I set around my time. And, and I also will say, feel free to message me anytime. If it's 2 a.m. and you had an idea, feel, you just send it. Send it along. You're not going to wake me up. you know. If, you do, if the alert on my phone wakes me up, that's my fault, not yours. I am reachable. you know. Or, well, I shouldn't say I'm reachable. Uh, those inboxes are open to you at all hours. You don't have to fit within the 10 to 4 window, but I operate within that 10 to 4 window. And now this is not bad business. This is actually good business because it keeps you sane. <laughs> it keeps you stable and it lets them know what to expect. So I like to say the same things to um, to people who are on my team. If you have a question, feel free to send it. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Don't worry what time it is. Um, I'll get back to you you know, as soon as I can. And then I will also say to my clients, I work erratic hours. Sometimes I'm up at midnight. Sometimes I'm up at 4am. Is it okay if I send you messages um, at those hours, you know, or am I going to disturb you because I can make a note that says only send them emails. Um, And then I'll also say when I send you stuff at crazy hours, I don't expect a response. Just get back to me as soon as you can. If something is urgent, I'll tell you. But otherwise, when I send you messages, My assumption is that you will get back to me at your first opportunity, knowing that that might be the next day, you know, or that you're not at your desk or whatever. So don't feel like there's any inherent pressure to respond just because a message has been received if you are not working when that message is received. I think it's just um, treating people like people, really. And it's okay to expect that from your clients. And following up on that thought, if you try to set boundaries around your time and you have a client who doesn't agree to that, then I would recommend that you dump that client because that's a major red flag. Unless they're willing to pay you to be on the clock for X number of time, X amount of time, X number of time. (laughs) Um, unless they are paying you to be available 24-7, then you don't have to be available 24-7. And if they are paying you to be available 24-7, it is entirely possible that you're moving into employee territory. And I recommend that you listen to my um, employee mindset podcast from a few months ago to address that. Um, But let us now move on. So first thing is set boundaries around your time. The next thing that you can do, and this is something that you need to be doing no matter what, is to get really clear on the scope of what you're being hired to do. Um, And that means getting clear on what you are doing and also what you are not doing. So, um, for example, if someone wants you to, to, they come to you and they're like, I want you to write my blog post. Awesome. Sweet. Um, And maybe you think you are just writing the copy for the blog post. And maybe they think you are writing the copy for the blog post. You are coming up with the SEO keyword to use. You are the one who's going to be loading it into WordPress. You're going to be setting up the you know the SEO plugin if that's what they're using. You're going to be um, writing the social share copy, and you're going to be doing the images. So, um, and this is a thing that happens. You know, it seems really straightforward. Do my blog post, um, but ask clarifying questions. And, and be really sure that you both understand what you're getting into. I had something like this happen the other day. It was like a scope issue. Someone had hired me for um, a sequence, and she wanted a webinar follow-up sequence. And so I wrote the webinar follow-up sequence, um, and and then she was like, where's the registration thank you email? And I was like, that's not part of the webinar follow-up sequence. But then I realized that I'd said it It was like a, like a seven or an eight- Message sequence, but I didn't specify what each message was, and so in her head, one of these messages was supposed to be the "Hey, thanks for registering. Here's your link," um, whereas in in my head, this sequence wasn't going to start until after the presentation, so a thank you email didn't didn't make sense. So that, that's that's a real life example that happened to me not long ago, um, and uh, in my case, I just gave her the extra email. But in some cases, it, it won't make sense for you to do the extra work without being compensated for it. Um, I tend to find myself feeling a little more flexible with the high-end clients, with the ones who are paying a lot of money for something, um, as opposed to, to smaller projects or smaller scale projects or projects that are more like content marketing and less tied directly to revenue the way that emails are. Email, at least, like this, for example, style of email was had like a direct line to money um, and therefore it costs more. And so when they're paying me thousands of dollars instead of hundreds of dollars, it's a lot easier for me to be like, oh, fine, here, you know, here's this other email too. <laughs> but then when they wanted more, I was just like, this is beyond the scope and, and we have to regroup and recalibrate here. So the way that you can um, avoid any scope problems is to just ask a lot of questions, not only about the assignment, but also um, tell me how this fits into your process and where should I send it to be uploaded, for example. Um, And if they think, well, aren't you going to upload it? Or if they're like, I'll give you a login, then you know to ask more questions because they are expecting a broader scope than it sounds like maybe you are. Okay, the next thing to do is get clear on time limits, number of revisions, and stuff like that. Um, So these are more, they're they're less about the scope of the actual work and more about um, the stuff in the environment of the work that you're doing. So like if someone sends you, if someone gives you an assignment and um, you know it's going to require some revisions, And they have a deadline. So for uh, example, like if I have a sales page, and they want the sales page to be done, so today is October nineteenth, And let's say they want the sales page to be done, I don't know, by American Thanksgiving. I forget the date this year. so let's make up another date. So they want this sales page to be done by November 15th. And it's October 19th. And I know that there will be at least one round of revisions and some feedback. And I'll probably need to be asking questions along the way to clarify and to make sure that I'm on the right track. Um, I, I have to build into my... Um, Client expectations, the expectation that they will be responsive to me, because if they are not responsive to me to get me the information that I need, I'm not going to be able to hit the deadline. And then everyone is upset (laughs) because there's a missed deadline and nobody likes that. So, this arena has to do with things like responsiveness times. You know, I'll send you this thing, and if I don't hear from you within a week, I'm going to send um, another follow up. And if I don't hear from you after that, then the project is on pause and you'll have to pay a like a reinitiation fee type thing. Um, or another kind of thing is to set a limit on the number of revisions. Some clients are going to want to have you revised, and then they'll send it to someone else on their team, and then that team, that, that team member will want some revisions, and so then they'll send you more revisions. And then they'll send it to um, their boss, and their boss will want additional revisions. And then they'll send it to someone else, and that someone else will want additional revisions. And now you're up to four rounds of revisions. And if that wasn't something that you were expecting, um, or would have agreed to at the at the price that you're charging, then uh, you know that's very frustrating, and that's a situation you don't want to get into. So, um, revisions, turnaround time, things like that are really important to um, to get really clear on, and to set those expectations. Um, a really effective way to manage client expectations on a more ongoing basis is to stay in touch. Just check in every week if this, if you're working on a bigger thing. Like if you're working on a blog post, um, you probably don't need to check in every week. Um, but if you're working on something bigger, like a bigger project, like a sales page, or maybe like a sequence, or a book, or... Something like that. Check in, check in weekly, or check in after you have um, reached the next milestone. So, like if I'm writing a white paper, I might check in when I have um, gone through all the material, and I might send a list of questions, and then I'll check back in after I've conducted interviews, and then I'll check in when I I have a sense of when I will have the first draft for them to review, and then I send it when I say I will. and then once they get the revisions, if it's a lot of revisions, I will, and it's taking a lot of time, I would check in, you know, maybe a week later and say, I expect this to be done by X date. Um, but stay in touch, be open and be transparent. If you mess up, let them know because they're going to find out anyway. And if it looks like you're hiding, number one, you'll have spent all of that time. Being anxious and doing like the anxiety dance of trying to cover up your mistakes. And number two, you're going to get found out and it's going to look bad on you that you tried to hide it. So just own any goofs as soon as you discover them. I actually had to do that this morning. I was supposed to schedule an email to go out a few days ago and I didn't. I thought I did, but I didn't. It never sent. And so I went to like check on the email stats and there was no email. So then I had to let the client know. Really sorry about this. I told you that this was going to send on Friday, but I'm I'm scheduling it for this afternoon instead. And I'm really sorry. And here's you know what I'm thinking about moving forward. Um, and it's like you know it's like, ugh. but other than that, it's not a big deal. Now, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a big deal when you don't do your job, but when you make a mistake, guess what? We all make mistakes. We are all human. It's better to own it as soon as you recognize it than it is to try to. Um, hide it. So stay in touch, be open, be transparent. Tip number, what is this? Number five is to set and meet your deadlines, specific deadlines, and then follow through on them. Now these are deadlines for you. They're also deadlines for your client. So if, if they're hiring you to do something and they need to get information to you to be able to start or they need to schedule Uh, like an onboarding call with you to be able to start, then there's a deadline for that. You take, you receive your deposit, you mark off time on your calendar, and if they don't have the stuff to you, so let's say I'm working two weeks ahead, I'm booked out for the next two weeks, someone wants me to have a sales page, Um, so we mark it, I mark off, I count two weeks from today, I mark off the next two weeks. Those are blocked off for this client. I receive a deposit to nail down that that stuff is blocked off. They have to have their kit to me before I begin work because I can't begin work without the kit. So if they miss their deadline and I'm sup- I've am i got this time blocked off and I can't do the work, um, they've missed their deadline and I can't do the work and they're forfeiting their deposit you know, or they're going to get it to me like that day, for example. Um, or if I send something for revisions, I need to set deadlines for um, turnaround time. Because th- otherwise, you won't be able to, to manage your workload. And that's not fair, unless they say we'll get it to you when we get it to you. And then you can be like, Alright, well, I'll get you back into my schedule. When I get you back into my schedule. Um, uh, yeah. so set your deadlines and also meet your deadlines and follow through on the things you say you're going to do. Um, another thing kind of related to that is to charge rush rates. If a client thinks that they can just hire you to do stuff and they're going to get it in 48 hours, that's not reasonable. And they need to realize that that's not a reasonable expectation. And so then they need to receive the option of getting it when they want to and paying a premium. A rush fee is anywhere from 20 to 50%. Um, of the total project fee, and it must be paid upfront, if you ask me, Um, you know, or they can wait a little bit longer. But charging a rush fee is an important way to manage your client expectations. Um, Because if they if they want it fast, 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 they need to pay for it to come fast, fast, fast. And if you are able to give it to them, you know, get the stuff to them before your deadline, that's awesome. But their expectation was much more realistic and much more reasonable. And finally, the last tip I want to offer you about managing client expectations is to ask questions. Ask clarifying questions. Ask questions about them. Ask questions about whether or not they've worked with freelancers before and what went well and what didn't go well. Um, ask questions about the company or the business or the project or you know whatever you're writing about. Um, just ask lots of questions, and as they answer your questions, you will begin to pick up on some expectations that they have that weren't communicated, maybe weren't even realized, um, or they didn't know needed to be communicated because they have been used to other behavior from other service providers. It's just really, really helpful, not only to build the rapport, but also to get a sense of um, of Where they are so that you can help them be in a place that is reasonable and realistic That's the name of the game here reasonable and realistic. It's not really the name of the game But that's the goal here managing their expectations so that everyone knows what to expect and everyone is happy with it All right, so that's all i've got for you today If you have questions about this subject or any other subject, I invite you to come into the inkwell guild It's my facebook group. It's free and uh, you can find us at theinkwellguild.com. It will take you straight to the group. Or you can search for us right on the Facebook platform itself. Do y'all remember when it was called The Facebook? I remember that. I used to type The Facebook into my search bar. Um, but I'm a long-time user. I think I just had my 15th anniversary with Facebook, which is terrifying and also mortifying <laughs> and kind of crazy. I can't believe that much time has passed. Um, anyway... Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Pop into the group and ask them, and and you will be helped. Talk to y'all later. So, my friend, if you have been listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, have you left a review? I'm just wondering, and I only ask because reviews are really, really helpful for podcasters like me. I really care about what you're thinking, what you need, and how I can come alongside you and help you grow your freelance writing business so that it's something that really supports your life and gives you exactly what you're looking for in some kind of work from home, get paid to write type of thing. So if you have not left a review and you are so inclined, I would be deeply grateful (laughs) for your stars, for your commentary, and of course, I want you to tell me what you love so I can keep doing more of it. Thank you.